I did not like the scene where Dr. Jeff put a boy in a dog's <laughs> mouth. I don't know if I can make that clear. No. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me are two very special guests from the Finding Monster Right podcast. We have Adam and Allie. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing great. So ready for uh, to continue a big dog discussion. <laughs> yes, yes. So for anyone who is not aware, this is a crossover event that we've got. It's kind of like the how the <laughs> the CWDC shows crossed over with you know, Supergirl, Arrow, and all those. Um, we did a very fun Clifford episode on uh, on your podcast. I think we answered the. Uh the uh, question that you and Michael have once and for all, which I'm disappointed that he's not here because I wanted to defend our thesis. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Michael is not here because of uh, Godzilla versus Kong. And we, <laughs> we all went on a trip uh, to uh, see the movie together in IMAX and it took a lot out Ooh. of all of us. And so he's like, I'm going to take a break. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah he's recovering yeah he's recovering because we're actually recording this episode a week early um because uh this episode is coming out on the 14th of this month so and you should be able to hear our clifford episode going up shortly beforehand yeah so <laughs> big dog crossover big dog crossover uh yeah so we like to do themed months for for this podcast um and for april we usually do our left of center month it's you know when we're kind of like mm. things that most people wouldn't necessarily consider a giant monster movie but you know still kind of somewhat in the world of giant monsters and so we kind of uh that's what we do in april and so we've got you know but we, we've done like attack of the killer tomatoes and we've done little shop of horrors before so this month we're doing big dogs <laughs> <laughs> so uh for anybody who is not familiar with uh your podcast and i really hope that people will become familiar with your podcast through this crossover because you guys are just fantastic i love listening to your podcast um but do you guys want to vice versa thank you <laughs> do you guys want to give uh, a little bit about what finding monster right is sure uh finding monster rights a show about monsters all across uh, fiction fables folklore and real life yeah we take a monster every episode and we put a, a little bit of our twisted south park humor <laughs> on it yeah uh, <laughs> it's like uh we discuss why slenderman might wear a suit we discuss uh, our, our, we just released an episode about is Clifford a Kaiju, and that's pretty honestly in our ballpark, in our milieu. Yeah. Uh, other topics include uh, xenomorph designs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, we talk about how apparently Jesus was a engineer in the alien universe, according to Ridley Scott. And so we discuss the ramifications of that in our Easter special. <laughs> and we also uh, do other topics including say uh, uh what would happen to dragon apocalypse sci-fi fantasy all kinds of fun monster stuff come to kaiju weekly for your big monsters you want more regular size monsters we got you 
<laughs> yeah, you guys cover pretty much everything. And and one of the things I love about your podcast is the the titles of the episodes. Now I had to ask who is responsible for the titles? It is a very long effort. <laughs> okay. We record an episode and then we talk about what the next five titles are going to be. And we're so tired and we're so ready to just give up and just go to sleep already. But we, we, we need just like, come up with like some goofy pun. It, it's like half a goofy pun and the other half it has to describe what it is. Yeah. So uh, I think book titles have less effort going to go into them. Absolutely. Like, what's uh, what's what's one that you're most proud of? Uh, let's see. In, in recent memory, uh, it's going to be uh, Blue Collar Bridge Trolls. Mm. Yep, that was a good one. Riddle, Riddle Management. Riddle Management, yeah. Blue yeah. Collar Bridge Trolls. Yeah, we talk about uh, how bridge trolls are blue collar employees and essential workers that uh, demand that should be respected. Yeah, trying to overthrow the goat bourgeoisie. <laughs> oh yeah, that's one of your favorites. You said. Yeah, yeah, I love it. There was a a line that Allie you said in that episode that just stuck with me, which was, um, I I, I can't believe my what was it? I can't believe my therapy goat is uh, gaslighting me. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> yeah. I, no, it was I a it. it was a little uh twist on the uh it was a little like we cast the billy goats as the bad guys in that story because they kind of are <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah they really do seem like it once you once you really break down the story it's like yeah no these are not these aren't great um i love i was just gonna read out some of the titles of your episodes just so people can get a sense of what to expect um eight Please. simple eight simple rules for dating my xenomorph daughter absolutely yep. love it <laughs> Uh, release the kraken a pet owner's guide to ship eating squids that one i think is one of my favorite mm -hmm. titles that you guys because that is just perfect perfect mm. Chef's Again, kiss. It's, it's a it's, it's all the work of a book that was an adam original i think <laughs> yeah I, I just remember my favorite which is probably a banana republic where's king kong's crown yeah banana republic where's king kong's crown that's that's a good one uh just you guys uh, tax evasion and the disorder of the phoenix <laughs> it's mm -hmm. so great so yeah it you guys have such a great sense of humor with your um with your episodes with the way that you approach things um you guys did an episode on the kool-aid man even which <laughs> yes absolutely fantastic so uh i encourage we cut so much out of that episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh I always love it. We can explore kind of similar to this month for you guys. Uh, totally out of left field things like the Philly fanatic and the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. We talked about some Philadelphia sports mascots. That was a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and we're doing Mr. Clean in the near future here. Yeah. I cannot oh, wait geez. for that. I cannot wait for that. <laughs> That's going to be great. He's a genie. He is. He's a he genie really in is. a bottle. <laughs> That's the... That's the conceit of Mr. Clean is that he's supposed to be a genie. That's also why he's got a piercing. Yeah, he crosses right. his arms like that. Yeah, like I dream of genie. Uh, yeah, so, it's... yeah, more from that in the near future. <laughs> it's perfect. And you guys have actually made an impact on uh, on on uh, Wikipedia as far as the Kool Aid Man lore <laughs> is concerned. Because yes, <laughs> you want to explain a little you bit about that a scientific name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. His species was listed on Wikipedia as cool or as pitcher, and I thought that was the most useless Wikipedia entry literally ever. 
so I uh, changed it to a Latin name that I'm not sure if it's perfectly kosher or not, but it's a Ursius Frigid Auxilium, which does mean cool aid pitcher. <laughs> and yet to this day, it's still up there. Yeah, yep. no, no one's corrected it. No one's bothered to I think, I think that, like six months is, is canon. Yeah. As far as Wikipedia is concerned. I'm a published scientist. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, I think that's just great. So for anybody who has not listened to you guys, I encourage them to go and listen because you guys are a lot of fun. Uh, you guys have a very, I, 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 ref, I call it irreverent sense of humor because you guys seem to not, <laughs> while you, while you do obviously love monsters, you don't take it so seriously in your discussion. You're willing to have fun with it. And that's one of the things I really love yeah. about it. Oh, well, thanks. I should also mention that unlike Kaiju Weekly, uh, we do say our, we, we do, we are a fan of, uh, of. Uh, the devil's words the de <laughs> oh yeah We're that's tagging. true that's true yeah, so, yeah. Um, we we try to be yes, a little bit uh, more family friendly here but uh uh yeah uh but i also understand adult language is employed yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but not not as much as as some other guests that we i've had on this podcast so uh so <laughs> i like because we well, we've had the guys from the giant monster bs podcast and and uh. Uh, yeah <laughs> and they're uh their podcast is very, very blue. Um, you guys are not nearly as bad, uh, but still, yeah. Have you, you ever guys... had to like lay down the law? Like, listen, we invite you on here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, actually, we've. I've. Everybody's been pretty respectful. Um, I'm actually very surprised that we've had a lot. Of, the The one that has the most trouble censoring himself is Michael. <laughs> and it's like michael you're the co-host you should know <laughs> yeah well well hopefully we'll have a nice fun family-friendly british tv special today yeah absolutely uh well intended for families I, I don't know if i would show a child this movie <laughs> this movie oh ooh. Well, well we'll get into the movie in just a minute so normally on this podcast if you guys have uh listened to any episodes uh we usually do a news segment uh to start off the episode but because we're recording this episode so early um don't have really any news because i don't know what's going to be in uh in the news in a week um as far as giant monsters are concerned so instead of doing a news segment i decided that we could play a little game yay what was that sound? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Yay! Um, it's it's that trepidation of like I don't know how to react to that. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, there there are fun games. Yeah. So it's like I, you're like we're gonna play Risk over the, over the recording. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Just... We're going to play Monopoly for the next six hours. Um, <laughs> no. So uh, I decided to pull out a game that, that I really, I thought you guys would enjoy. It's, is it real? And I have six movie mm -hmm. movies and their uh, synopses here. And they're all dog related since we're doing this big dog movie crossover with Clifford and Digby. They're all dog related. And I want you guys to guess which of these movies are real and which of these I made up. Ooh. Okay. These... Do they all have the potential to be real or made up? Or is it like a 50-50 thing? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're all of them. All of them 
have the potential of being real <laughs> and all of them have the potential of being made up. So, okay. Uh, but well, so there's no like, there's no like three and three. I will, yeah, I yeah. will tell you that there's at least one that is real because when I went online, <laughs> the whole premise of the, this, this whole idea of this game came about because I was looking up obscure dog movies and I found some really weird ones and so i'm like you're, there's at least one that is going to be real because that's why i made this game <laughs> great so uh, well, let's go all right absolute power move though <laughs> <laughs> so starting off we've got zoltan dog of dracula this is a 1970s horror film about Russian soldiers accidentally unleashing the servant dog of Dracula during excavations of Romania. Is it real or is it made up? Okay, so uh, because uh, we have some Magyar descent, uh, <laughs> I do have a little bit of knowledge of Hungarian stuff from all my research into Slavic mythology in college. FMR listeners will know about that. So I do know that Zoltan is a real Hungarian name. Mm -hmm. So that does lend some credence to it. And I'm going to go ahead and say this one's real. I'm also going to say that because no one else would make the connection of Zoltan to Dracula. Mm. It'd be some, like, that seems like a very crypto Superman, like like pairing. Mm. Yeah. So uh, we're saying, yes, it's real. Is it real? It is real. This is a real movie. From the 1970s about a dog, Dracula. Um, Yeah, it's interesting that, Allie, that you said that because uh, I did, when I was looking at this movie, one of the fun facts about this movie is Zoltan or Zoltan is in in Hungarian is the equivalent of Fido in English. (laughs) They, that's really lame that Dracula named his dog Fido. Yeah, it's essentially really awesome of Hungarian. yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It's like, it's like, it's such a, they say it's such a generic name. It's like most, a lot of people name their dogs Zoltan. It's not even like a, but it sounds so exotic to English speakers. It does. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hungarian is a very uh, unrelated language to a lot of other European languages, which is why uh, I use it in D&D for Draconic. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. All right. So we, we went from the dog. So it's so bold of Hungary to name, uh, so bold of Hungary to name their dogs after an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> <laughs> you can't mess with the Zoltan. <laughs> <laughs> So going from the dog of Dracula to the next one, Dog of the Black Lagoon, an early 80s comedy film about a scientific expedition that after discovering the prehistoric Gilman in the legendary Black Lagoon must contend with a mutated mutt after their dog companion is transformed by compounds in the water. Is this real or is Mm. it fake? Now I'll jump in with the science on this one. Okay. <laughs> of I I don't know if that the Gill Man is a mutated being. So <laughs> the fact that a dog followed the kind of same Black Lagoon steps, I find questionable. Okay, that's interesting. That's so, but it is a uh, comedy I'm going to say film. No to Dog of the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little uh, silly, a little reverent, a little South Park humor. Um, I'm gonna say that I think Travis, you saw the first one of like okay, uh hammer monster dog 
and you were like, okay, dog of the Black Lagoon. It, it drank some chemicals or something. Early eighties. I could see that thought process in you, so I'm also going to say this one's uh, this one's fake. You're right. It is fake, and that's exactly the thought process. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay. So, other Universal monsters. Uh, uh, we've got uh, Dog Frankenstein. Wait, no, that's just Frankenweenie. No. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm like, uh, Dog of the Black Lagoon. <laughs> dog Mummy might have gotten me though. Dog yeah, Mummy. That's a possibility. Because they, they mummify cats and stuff. Right. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. They do actually. They mummify. They mummify alligators or crocodiles. So, uh, like, yeah. yeah. I want a mummy croc movie so bad. That's amazing. You know what? I will homebrew that D&D monster for you and send it your way. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So our next one, number three, is a movie called Chomps, a late 70s family (laughs) film about a teenage genius who invents a robot watchdog to bail out his girlfriend's father's Home security business produced by Hannah ba- Hannah Barbera. I was just gonna say Hannah Montana. Hannah Barbera. Yes. <laughs> well, okay, this is kind of the best of both worlds right. in a way. <laughs> um, okay, what I like about this is Chomps. They're obviously like trying to rip off Jaws. Mm-hmm. So late seventies. That timeline checks out. But does Travis know about that phenomenon? And so he's trying to mask his uh, his dark bidding by doing that. And also, doesn't Hanna-Barbera, do they only do animations or did they ever do live action stuff? I'm not sure if they ever did live action. I know they did. They were in this time pe- period, you know, shooting out millions of cartoons mm-hmm. in that era. It might be, I mean, we don't know. It's not said if it's animated or not. It does not say if it's animated or not. But I don't think they got into the film biz as heavily with new properties. They might have, though. But I am going to go ahead and just say that maybe we should split. All right. Well, I'm saying no. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say it's real because I like that chomps thing. Well, Allie, you are right. It is real. Oh, man. It is real. And the All right. the word chomps actually is an acronym. And I do not know what the acronym is because I did not bother looking it up. Um, Cold hearted Omega <laughs> Ma Puppy pa, Puppy <laughs> Soldier. <laughs> Honestly, that was going to be one of the working titles for Finding Monster Right was just M O N S T E R, but it doesn't stand for anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, we're no uh, kids next door. Yeah, this <laughs> is the only movie. We're a little bit kids next door. <laughs> this is the only movie on this list of ones that I have actually seen. Um, if that, if that, uh, it, <laughs> I've actually seen Chomps. It is a live action film. How is it? It's ah, it is okay, that's interesting. It's about like Digby. So we'll <laughs> we'll get into that Digby scale. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, uh, I, I learned something new today about Hanna Barbera's live action exploits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they really do have the best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they do. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll come up with another Hannah Montana reference eventually. <laughs> Let's see, uh, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay. Everyone has those days. Oh, man, my achy breaky heart. Oh, right. uh, so the next one is the one that i'm excited to see what how you guys answer on this one because this uh, yeah anyway uh so monster dog 
a Spanish horror film from the mid 80s starring Alice Cooper about a rock star who returns to his childhood home to shoot a music video only to discover strange creatures are on the loose killing off the local residents. Is it real or is it made up? Uh, uh, I, I, the, the name format makes immediately makes me think Spanish horror film because mm. it's not translated in any way. It's exactly what it says on the tin. Right. There probably is a Spanish version of, of this title. Uh, Pero, mon- mons- Pero Monstro? Pero mm-hmm. Monstro? I don't know. And the description is very unrelated to the title, which makes me, this isn't like a, you know, like a dog around the clock or something, <laughs> something to that tune. So I, I think that that's enough credibility that I'm going to, I think it's real myself. Uh, let me ask you this. Spanish as in from Spain or Spanish language? Uh, it's Spanish from Spain. Okay. Well, I mean, that does kind of track because you've got like that uh, spaghetti westerns stuff in like the 60s. So I could see kind of, the dude gains of the rock scene in the 80s but yeah, let me yeah, just point this that, one I thing out that works. let me point this one thing out and see if this sways you one way or the other starring alice cooper famous this, okay, rock star the, alice cooper right yeah yeah school's out and stuff yeah um uh he did the man behind the mask i referenced alice cooper on the jason episode on episode 13 oh yeah <laughs> um yeah uh so this rock star who returns to his childhood home to shoot a music video only to discover strange creatures on loose killing off the local residents. That is every B-movie rock star vanity project from that era. So I'm going to go ahead and say it's true. And Adam, you said it was true? Yes. All right. Y'all are both right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is something. Looking at it, uh, <laughs> Alice Cooper plays in a Spanish horror film about giant dogs who are killing off residents in this area. And this was when he was struggling with his uh, addiction and trying to become sober. Uh, He was uh, not performing uh, like his music wise. He wasn't performing at this time. So he needed money to keep surviving. And so he did some film work. This was, this was his first Fourier into film. It's it's a, it's too crazy to to, like too many things had to line up for this to happen. (laughs) Yeah. It really gives it some credibility in my book. It really did. It really did. All right. So this next one, probably my favorite, um, Russell madness, a 2015 family movie about a man that tries to restore the family wrestling business with the help of a talking monkey and their star attraction, a wrestling dog. Is it real or is it fake? Oh, uh, so I think that the the year is the is the key factor here. Are we still wrestling dogs and talking monkeys in 2015? I think <laughs> possibly yes. And here's my thoughts: the talking monkey is obviously more interesting than the wrestling dog, right? <laughs> yeah. So would Travis come up with something so stupid in order to try and throw us off? I don't know. I think that idea is so bad that it can only have come from some like committee of studio heads. So I'm going to say this one's real. Uh, I, uh, my, my, I'm going to make my gut instinct, which is that it's fake. So we're, we're again on the separate sides of this one. Right. Allie, you are right again. It is real. (laughs) (laughs) And you're absolutely right. Why in the world is this movie about a wrestling dog when you have a talking monkey? (laughs) Right. Like what is, what is the appeal of like animals doing people things? Okay. 
what's more of a people thing, wrestling or talking? It's like the Meowth conundrum of Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, hang on. This, oh, the whole show should be about him. Right. <laughs> uh, and it's called Russell Madness. Pokemon. <laughs> it's called Russell Madness because it's a Jack Russell Terrier. Oh. Okay, that makes sense. I, I, was, I was, had my fingers crossed that it was starring Russell Crowe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just as the voice of the talking monkey. Oh. This is not stupider than that Hugh Jackman movie about Rock'em Sock'em Robots. <laughs> Real steel. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, this is, it's so great. It's so great. You gotta check it out on IMDb. The poster is so great. It's this little tiny dog on top of like on the back of a big huge burly wrestler and it's just it's not even a big muscly dog like a rottweiler or something like that it's a jack russell terrier <laughs> oh oh you know who plays the monkey is crystal oh. yeah crystal from community and hangover hangover a night at the museum it's the same monkey every time yep yeah yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm glad she's got like you know front <laughs> cover status yeah she, her, her her star just rose and stayed on top <laughs> absolutely oh man so and yeah no this this track <laughs> the last one the last one uh is i married a dog from outer space a 1958 sci-fi movie about aliens who arrive on Earth to replace the most important people on Earth with duplicates. They transform their victims into dogs, but one escapes and must convince his new wife to stop the invasion before it's too late. Is it real or is it fake? Hmm. 50s sci-fi could get up to a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> and I think that the... <laughs> the, the, the transforming victims into dogs is absolutely practice for their era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I don't know. I think this one's fake. <laughs> I just have a gut feeling. Like I, I can very much see. Well, the, what it the, is is Travis just gets into like a uh, like a, a sensory deprivation tank, listening only to episodes of Finding Monster Right, and then emerges three days later after a long weekend, you know, President's Day, and is, uh, just like spits out this idea. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, the the title format's too too on the nose for me. Mm. That's like the day the earth stood still, like stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think this is. I, I'm going to say this one's fake. And also, 1958. I think that one is overly specific. <laughs> I think that's a very specific year. I think he threw that in there to throw us off. I believe this one's real. Well, don't, don't so, forget the what, one. The... the previous one was 2015. That was a specific year too. 15, yeah. And it was, and it was. Yeah, but that was recent. And it was real. So I just. So. Okay, uh, this one is... I'm firm on that saying it's real. <laughs> What's up? It is It is fake. It is fake. Yes. Oh, come on. You got six out of... You got six for six. I'm in Travis's head, baby. Hell, hell. <laughs> Let me do another take of that. I got six for six. I'm in Travis's head, baby. Oh, uh, I don't know yeah. if I like this. I don't know if I like it. <laughs> so, um... It might be vice versa. He might be in our heads. <laughs> Mm. Or yours specifically from Finding Monster Right. I don't know. I think canonically in Finding Monster Right, I'm still a vampire. So I don't know if that extends to the rest of the podcast universe. Yeah, you might be a psychic vampire and feeding off my life force energy Ooh. and stuff like we talked about with Clifford. <laughs> it, it would explain a lot. Like we may talk about with Digby. Like we may talk about with Digby. Uh, yeah, so, so the, let me, the, the thought process with this was I saw um, on IMDb when I was looking up uh, movies i found i married a man from outer space uh and that yeah i decided to switch it out with a dog and that was all that i did 
<laughs> it was like three o'clock in the morning when I was putting these together. <laughs> no, it was it was a good game. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you guys had fun with that and that filled in the time that we usually dedicate to going over the news, the giant monster movie news. But uh, because we were recording so early didn't have time for so uh <laughs> i believe we're in kind of a uh, a lull period a calm after the storm uh there's yeah. actually a lot of news that came out in just last couple of days uh that uh okay. the our godzilla versus kong episode which which for for listeners just to get a peek behind the curtain to see how the sausage is made we're recording this before we're recording me and Michael are recording our Godzilla versus Kong one, but the Godzilla versus Kong one's coming out before this episode. So uh, I'm just mm-hmm. going to go ahead and say, warn uh, whoever might hear this before the episode comes out, that Godzilla versus Kong episode is going to be really long. <laughs> it's going to be a completely mega- valid choice. <laughs> Uh, the goal is to get longer than the the movie itself right yes mm. yes uh, and and we might actually do it i don't know we'll have to see it's only a brisk 153 i think yeah, yeah. it was a short movie very short movie uh some mm. some people say to its detriment uh so we can go ahead and hop into the main topic for this week the main topic is digby the biggest dog in the world from 1973 D- Digby, Digby. <laughs> this movie was. Digby, I love you. <laughs> this movie was directed by Digby, Joseph McGrath, <laughs> Jim Dale, uh, starring Jim Dale, uh, Angela Douglas, Spike Milligan, John Bluthall, Milo O'Shea, Norman rosington richard beaumont and dinsdale landon and if that ain't the most british irish sounding names <laughs> oh man that's some crazy crazy stuff you can you can tell the british when their names can also be places yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly uh and the plot breakdown real quick for this movie is an english sheepdog an old english sheepdog Sorry, that's the breed. Uh, accidentally, none of these newfangled English. Yeah, dogs. not not a yeah. new one. Uh, uh, it accidentally drinks a liquid growth formula and expands to gigantic proportions. After two criminals steal Digby and sell him to a circus, Digby escapes and roams across the countryside of the United Kingdom until the British military decide to solve the problem with bombs and weapons, like you do. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel bad that our imper- American imperialism has gone across the pond yeah. well okay we did not invent imperialism right i was gonna say a lot that. in america's feet but that one yeah i don't i guess they were it's old hat for them yeah yeah, yeah. um so we usually also i commend that plot breakdown because you have cut down i think seventy thousand plot threads yeah so that's what i want to get into first so before we get into our likes and dislikes for this movie i want to do our opening thoughts and my opening thoughts is just how many stories are going on in this movie because like there's the chimpanzee and the doctor then you have the doctor who's trying to ask out the other doctor who's also being hit on by the military guy then you have the psychiatrist who thinks that his neighbor is a is a dog uh you have the military doing military things you have criminals who want to steal the dog 
and a circus and like just, and that's the first 10 minutes yeah it's, it's like it's there is so much going on in this movie like what the heck um what are, what are you guys what are your your opening thoughts on this movie yeah so every yeah you, you put it succinctly that every like 10 minutes another character thread is is opened up and several of them are not resolved in, in a meaningful way I the the part of the movie that like matched my expectations was the uh, the crossfades of a dog in a slowly shrinking set. Yeah, that was adorable. It was. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I was surprised in several instances of of the the British comedy actually getting me because some of the early on stuff I'm like, what what are they? This is a different language, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> essentially. Uh, but I you know I I got swept away in some of the the craziness. And I would love to, I would love to have a British person explain this film to me. That's <laughs> because some things I don't know if they're crazy in this movie or they're crazy because they're British. Right. So, uh, it would seem that this movie was made in the ye olden baby days of VHS when you could just pop something onto the telly, which is what we call a TV. And don't you know, we also call it a lorry, I think. And uh, <laughs> then we just put it on. And instead of, you know, a spoonful of sugar, you can just put on a spoonful of Digby. And then the children, they're entertained for about an hour and a half until the parents come home from their uh, from their uh, date out on the uh, to Stonehenge. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I want to add that we, we, we want to this... apologize to the entire population of the United Kingdom, Great Britain, Northern Ireland. Liz, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so the, 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 the thing I want to also point out is that uh, we watched this movie uh, like kind of afternoon yesterday, which uh, I'm happy that it's within 24 hours because in 24 hours, this movie will be erased from my memory. Yeah. <laughs> it is a, is a balloon floating into the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I cannot maintain it. This this movie is something. Oh man, I I just like I I've I've written down my my likes and dislikes, but I still have not fully processed this movie. <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't. I'm not sure if you'll be able to. Yeah, it, well, it doesn't help that I watched majority of it in an airport. <laughs> because i was traveling like the liminal space of an airport yeah so i'm like i don't know what to make of this movie but um so yeah we we usually do what i like to call positivity sandwiches where we'll uh start with some positives then we'll talk about our negatives and we finish on a few positives so getting into our likes and dislikes what are some positive things that you guys found in this movie uh the first thing that I brought up was I am afraid that I'm not going to be able to judge this movie objectively just because of how good a boy Digby is. <laughs> he's such, he's a, such a good boy. He's such a good boy. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, uh, he does everything that a, a dog should do of that size or otherwise. I'll be honest, based on what I know about, uh, productions involving animals during this time, there might've been a couple Digby's. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, were they increasing in size? No, I think they were uh, increasing in ability to shoot for a couple days before something horrible happens. Right. Well, uh, 
Uh, the, the positive thing that I like is uh, I really like the characters that are introduced, like, you know, a half hour into the movie of the robbers. Yeah. Because these guys are, like, guesting from a, a totally different film. Yeah. The Acrobat Robber Brothers. That was one of the things that I wanted to look up. I didn't get a chance to look up because of traveling and everything. I haven't had a chance to look up is if any of these actors are like known for other things, like, like are any of these stand-up comedians? Are they, you know, other kind of performers who just happen to be brought over into this movie? Because none of these actors in this movie seem like movie actors. They seem like something yeah, else right. that was brought into this movie. <laughs> well, they kind of have the quality of like a Hallmark production. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, Oh yes, you, you, in in uh in high school you were fine starring in Beauty and the Beast, but but by now it's a it's a bigger pool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I get that vibe from the. <laughs> I, I I do know that the director of this movie I think uh, was the elder brother of John Pertwee, who uh, or hmm, no, I think he wrote it actually. Yeah, but, yeah, the screenwriter. Uh, he was the elder brother of John Pertwee who played Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is not a remarkable fact, I guess, because, you know, you can uh, swing a cat for, if you're a horrible person, you can swing a cat and uh, hit any British actor who has a connection to Doctor Who. Right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, uh, it's, it's, it's the UK. Everyone's connected to Doctor Who somehow. <laughs> What's a plus on your end, Travis? Um, I think the theme song uh is something that 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 because not only is it super infectious but it just randomly starts playing in the background but it's this like really soft almost like it's calling out to billy the boy like sauron calling out to the one ring i just watched lord of the rings recently for the first time so <laughs> it's just like just take me it's like okay it, it's so so creepy but good maybe that's the uh the siren song that kind of changes billy i think that's non-diegetic i think that's in billy's brain yeah <laughs> it probably is <laughs> We realized uh, in watching this is that uh, Billy is kind of slowly gets uh, like some of the scientific solutions in the lab gets diluted to the single thought of Digby. Yes, yeah. I think no thoughts had Digby. I think I think Billy has become like a vampire thrall of Digby because at some point he's just like, what about Digby? Where's Digby? Digby? Digby's there. Billy, come on, we have to go. They're dropping bones. Digby! Digby! That wasn't an answer, Billy. Digby! He's becoming a Pokemon. Yes, yes exactly. It's like, Billy, you saw the game. If you were not aware of the title of this movie going into it, uh, you would figure it out because they scream the name Digby, especially Billy, uh, screams the name Digby about 150,000 times. <laughs> Uh, and to my point about british like i would want a british person to explain this film to me is that i don't know if that's a british name or not hmm. <laughs> or if it's just my dad is named digby you're all a naughty person <laughs> can't swear that was hard <laughs> oh so uh i've got some editing to do on this episode <laughs> 
Yep, this one's a rough one. Sorry, Travis. That's apologies. all right. Yeah. That's all right. No, yeah. it's fun. Apologies also to Toby, our British friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Toby. Oh, poor Toby. <laughs> so, okay. Um, we can we can continue some positives in, in just a little bit. Let's get into some of the... Because I think we're going to have more probably negatives than we will have some positives. Because at least on my end, I think hmm. there's a few there's a few negatives that that stand out. Uh, one is kind of a negative for me, but not really. It's more just a logical problem. the The fact that they the scientists consider growing giant vegetables as a problem, like that's the opposite of a problem. Mm-hmm. That is the end of like food shortages in the world. Why is that a problem? Yeah, <laughs> they're talking about like space travel implications and stuff like uh you grow the vegetables really big when you're on jupiter or mars or something Mm -hmm. they're also talking about growing vegetables on jupiter a planet that doesn't have an on (laughs) (laughs) it's just gas y'all yeah yeah Uh, so uh, that's their very uh their scientific approach like it did not yield the results that they wanted so they can't like see through that yeah other great uses honestly if the solution were less whimsical it wouldn't be uh it wouldn't be as good for the movie i think like if it were like we're going to solve world hunger with this yeah yeah it just then they're they're done yeah (laughs) because this is like this is not i mean and we can get into this because i know this is something that uh that ali you have in your notes but but like these scientists quote unquote are not acting very scientific (laughs) because like in the real world if if something yields a different result than what you may have wanted, that doesn't necessarily make it a problem or a bad thing. It just means, oh, wow, we invented a super growth serum that can now end world hunger instead of growing plants on another planet. Like, that's just like, why is this a problem? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of things are like that. Yeah, no, I, I often uh, tell people uh, that there's no... Uh, there's no such thing as a failed experiment. There's only a negative result. Like if the answer is no, then there's often a no, but right. Yeah. Uh, and lots of the inventions were created accidentally. Chocolate like, chip cookies, chocolate chip cookies, silly putty, Velcro raisins. Uh, I, a lot of, a lot of toys were invented by accident. It, it seems cause like, like, uh, silly, like you said, silly putty. Um, wh- what is it? The, uh, shoot why am i slinky slinky was i was like they had their slinky slinky yeah what <laughs> was that like the, the really big spring factory yeah like spilled a box on some stairs and he's like hey wait a second <laughs> well yeah yeah well i but, mean but the well, slinky was it was he was trying to create this like really high compression spring but then it wouldn't spring back so it just wasn't like a good spring but then it it was entertaining so they made a toy out of it yeah uh, and also, there was no thought given to laboratory protocol throughout this whole movie. Like, there was one guy wearing goggles. Nobody has ever heard the words nitrile gloves. <laughs> he just grabs a... He just grabs a... He puts an envelope full of this powder or whatever into an envelope and he licks it. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting no, him to get I exposed to it. I like to have to run out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he, he was essentially like, yeah, like if it wasn't just cornstarch. When, when did when did he start growing really big from being exposed to this powder that he just <laughs> grabs with his bare hands? Oh my god! Yeah, 
no, no. And also, like, the British people with the gun safety, like, they're pointing it at people. They've got their finger on the trigger. So, like, <laughs> lab safety, gun safety, none. Now, I want to ask... Zero for that. How much of that could be con- uh, attributed to the fact that this was made in the 70s, and how much of that is just movie Ooh. not paying attention to... Well. <laughs> Like, cause they still do that same kind of thing now. I think that's, uh, I think that's movie not paying attention. Okay, because I was like, in yeah. the seventies, yeah, maybe, maybe they just weren't doing that in labs in the seventies. Yeah. Uh, any other negatives that you guys want to talk about? Uh, something else I want to point out is this: the, uh, I, I felt that the the romance subplot was kind of unresolved by the end of the story, because it, it picks up very. So it's a, a back and forth between. Uh, the chimpanzee and Jeff. Yes. Yeah, the chimpanzee and Jeff. Yes. <laughs> you can, they have a very close relationship. It's, the love story we all deserve. No, between uh, yeah, <laughs> it's between uh Billy's mother and and, uh, and Jeff. They kind of have a, a back and forth that is very early resolved. With like she knows that Jeff wants to ask her out, and Jeff just can't bring himself to it, and that is really not like tied up with a poet by the end. Honestly, and this ties into one of my dislikes. Uh. Well, for starters, like, it seems like Dr. White, uh, if that is her last name, uh, Janine, mm-hmm. if, like, her dad, her old dad who lives with her and Billy, uh, gets final say over whether or not Digby lives in the house, and it's like, is she not the breadwinner here? Is she not in charge? And then, like, the military guy, the Colonel Masters, uh, asks her out, and he just kind of says, like, fantastic, so I'll pick you up at eight then. And then she's like, well, I guess I have to go to dinner with him now. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to lay everything at the feet of the patriarchy, but this is kind of the patriarchy going on. Yeah. Yeah. The character in the film that has the most power is the grandfather, who's in two scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And and if it wasn't for the grandfather, we wouldn't have this movie because sending Digby to their friend, Jeff, is the reason why he grows giant. Oh yeah, we were very confused when there's like the sequence of sad Dig- of sad Billy walking Digby to Jeff's house, mm. and like the the grandfather context was not enough for us to work with. Right? No, <laughs> no, we did not understand that one. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I got a couple other pros that I'd like to talk about. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I did want to say oh. uh, I do think I liked the I liked the romance. Oh, kind yeah. of. I thought it was a nice uh, slow burn, and it didn't really pay off at the very end but it doesn't have to i like that there's just kind of like some uh tension and some like good you know i I guess kind of felt realistic in that aspect yeah it was realistic it was good and uh jeff doesn't have to win dr white at the end she's not a prize at the end of the movie and that i think is in the movie's favor Mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah uh i i I think the uh my favorite scene of the film is the the one that takes place in the diner midway through the film oh my god oh because i what what a place this place is it's seedy it's like uh what is the word like it's seedy it's a divey and it's also like uh they're going for some weird how do i say this nicely a breast themed establishment yeah yeah there's definitely yeah. uh very skintily scant skintily <laughs> skintily wearing uh no uh yeah very scantily clad women walking around being the servers um very the very 1930s and 40s kind of cigarette girls uh 
to walk around, you know, cigarette. And I didn't know what the, that felt like some kind of commentary on like a new, like a diner policy in the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it felt like they were, actually had something to say there. Maybe like your, your uh, Hooters or whatever type thing, like weird boomer restaurants about, about, <laughs> the human breast yeah uh, and the chicken breast um <laughs> and having the silverware not be like it, it be attached to the table <laughs> yeah like I've, I've never seen that happen i've seen it like with like bank pens in the states i think it's like like a thing that you do in a dive bar to keep like fights from breaking out with like sharp utensils <laughs> yeah that's why the spoons aren't attached it <laughs> felt like the director had like went to like, the worst bar like <laughs> the worst diner ever and he's like i gotta put this in a film there's only one way there's only one person who can solve this and it's digby <laughs> so the way he portrayed like the this this crazy diner lifestyle i i i thought that was very fascinating yeah and i think you're right that this it seems like there's some kind of commentary going on here that we just may not get because cafes and diners are different here in in the states and different yeah. from the 70s um so i there it seems like there's a commentary there but i have no idea what the commentary is it's just weird yeah so maybe that's what interests me it's like oh there's something to learn here yeah <laughs> there's a new perspective but I, so one of the things that i did really enjoy and and I didn't think I would enjoy it. And I, and I didn't at first, but it, it grew on me as the movie was going, which is the comedy and not so much the like slapstick comedy that the, the, it had. Well, that was, you know, it, it had its charm, but the wordplay that like classic British wordplay yes. that they would do between like uh, one of my favorite moments was when he was talking to his aunt and his aunt is like, no, that's a horse. No, it's a dog. No, it's a great character. <laughs> yeah yes and and she's like and he's like so it turned into a horse maybe it turned into a horse when i turned into a cafe you turned into a cafe <laughs> just that that whole yeah, no, scene I... was so great and then the when they're when he's talking the psychiatrist is talking to his boss about him thinking he's a dog and and it's like but he told me his parents were a horse <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then, like, that horse disguise comes back later, though. Right. Yeah, the horse disguise has a lot of great callbacks. Yes. Yes, it was great. So I I just, I really appreciated that classic British wordplay that was there that was the more subtle humor mixed in with the very extreme slapstick kind of comedy. Yeah. It feels like that was the stuff for like the the parents watching, right? <laughs> Versus the uh, the you know knife throwing is for the kids. Oh, the yeah. knife oh, throwing scene. That was great. It's because there's a whole middle section there at the circus with Digby yeah. performing at the circus, and so then they have all the circus you know acts going on and everything, and. When they roll Digby out, the audience there at the circus seems so unimpressed. They just they're just <laughs> staring off into because because obviously there's not an actual giant dog in front of this this audience on set. And so they're just like staring off it to, into you know nothing. And they're just kind of clapping. Yay. So I don't know. Like, I don't. Very British. Yes. Very British. It, it, it was a very a British perception, uh, like uh, approval, but it was a very like Godzilla's here reaction when Digby goes wrong because all, all heck breaks loose. Yeah, yes. it's a very good King Kong illusion, I thought. Yes, yes. Because yes. they, they could literally call him King. 
Yeah, that you and lo, <laughs> beast looked upon the face of Digby, <laughs> and from that day, as was one dead. I forget the quote. It's a fake quote anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was just going to say it wasn't beauty that killed the dog. It was. <laughs> Uh no, it wasn't it was airplane. Bo- it, it, it was wasn't, bombs. It, was, it wasn't the airplanes that killed. Uh, it wasn't the airplanes. Yeah, it was Digby killed the beast. It was Digby that killed Hi. the beast. There, there you go. We got there. <laughs> so, so I mentioned the, the negative I had about the the ending, unresolved romance. But the the, uh, the plus I had about the the ending, I guess Digby spoilers. <laughs> Digby spoilers from here on out, gang. <laughs> uh, uh, quick aside, I. Uh, for anyone listening, Digby is available on YouTube for free. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> that's yes, where it we is. caught it. Uh, the the f- ending of the film features a, a bomber coming to hit a an antidote uh, upset uh, upset stomach Digby, <laughs> and they just lay waste to the countryside. And I was um, I visited a website beforehand. Uh, the website called it's a does does the dog die dot com. Does the dog die.com, which is supposed to tell you, like, you know, right. for people sensitive to that kind of thing. Yeah. They kind of results in a in a general sense. They said oh that Digby died on the site. Yeah, and what? he's it appears like he died yeah, and briefly, I, I, but that is resolved. And we thought maybe that was like a difference between the American and the British cut. So, so yeah, I, I was very happy to see Digby come back. In a normal movie, I would like be guaranteed that was the outcome, but that's he, that's the part where it's like really softly, like on the wind, like there's some ethereal ancient British lady of the lake spirit, yeah. like whispering to Billy. Galadriel just, just like, again, I saw Lord of the Rings for the first yeah. time recently. So uh, Galadriel just. Instead of a dark Lord, you will have a dog. <laughs> yeah. Digby survived, but at what cost? Right. To Billy's immortal soul. So. So, so my question with that moment though is because the antidote seemed to not be working, could the bombs be mm-hmm. the trigger for the antidote to start working? <laughs> Which means they oh. have to bomb the okay, crap that out of sense. that monkey at the end. <laughs> well, like it, uh, the reaction only happens under intense heat or something. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that was the missing ingredient. Also, speaking of that scene, I do not like the scene where Dr. Jeff puts a boy in a dog's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I do not like the scene where Dr. Jeff puts a boy in a dog's mouth. I do not like the scene where Dr. Jeff puts a boy in a dog's mouth. <laughs> it's like that was awful to watch. Digby, don't swallow. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, oh my god. This is a family-friendly show, Travis. <laughs> uh, I'm just like, well, yeah, I don't think. Go ahead, go ahead. He has a back and forth going with Billy's mom about, like, you know, don't worry, he's fine, he's safe, he's right next to the, the biggest dog in the world. Right. The biggest dog in the world whose brain has been mutated by my space chemical that I put in an envelope and mixed with some milk, stiff upper lip, pip pip cheerio. What the <laughs> He was going to pour milk on his on his roses. Is that a thing? Like, I don't I don't get that. Uh, so, he, he mixed the solution with water. And then uh, she fed the, the solution thinking it's milk to Digby. Oh, and then she okay. replaced it with milk. And he thought it was the solution we put on the, the roses. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought he mixed it with milk. And that's why I was like, why are you mixing it with milk and going to give it to roses? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if milk's a, a thing that roses like. That might be some yeah. like, old wives tale British thing. Maybe. Yeah, again, I'd love... <laughs> we, 
<laughs> we should talk to Toby about this film. We should talk to. We should. We should. We've been wanting to have uh, uh, Toby, uh, reigning king of PokeTube, uh, Birdkeeper Toby, uh, Pokemon YouTuber, on uh, on our show again for something non-Pokemon related. Hey, Digby might be it. Digby might be it. Yeah, that'd be, uh, that'd be great. But uh, my second favorite scene is when Digby uh, fights the helicopter. Oh yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love that. Kong didn't get to that until Skull Island. Yeah, right. Right, exactly. But yeah, they drop a net on him and he just pulls them down. Yeah, yes. He he almost had a kill count. He almost did. He almost did. He almost like wrecked a huge train. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But by the wills of Digby, that there wasn't a giant train accident. <laughs> he, just, he just decided to stand he, up. He almost ate his own warlock. I did not like the scene where Dr. Jeff put a boy in a dog's mouth. I don't know if I can make that clear. No. Um, and I think you, you're becoming, you're, go ahead. You're becoming like the Billy Digby relationship. Of that's the only thought in your head anymore. I did not like the part where Dr. Jeff put a boy in a dog's mouth. I mean, I meant to say yes. Okay. No. Okay. But I will say that scene is good for something in that they did actually make a big dog's mouth for him to climb into yes. oh, yeah. that, that part was nice because so much of this movie is very dated special effects i mean you know and, and they were good for the time but very dated special effects for how to shoot something growing big and, and looking big when you can't uh create like huge props and stuff and so the one big prop they actually did make was the dog's mouth for billy to climb inside of and i think i think those are the effects that age the best the the practical uh, mouth as well as the forced perspective yeah he pointed this out. oh yeah 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 no at the scene where they see digby in the quarry it shifts between a composite shot and forced perspective mm-hmm. yeah and one of them looks better yeah 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 one of them looks like lord of the rings <laughs> so uh one of you guys i think it was ali uh brought up the the king kong illusion there in the circus and i mm -hmm. think that's really interesting because it did it did echo king kong in a lot of uh spots and i think it but it, what kind of took away from it a little bit for me is that they literally said this is like king kong in the in the movie they said that yeah <laughs> oh i think i missed that yeah there's a couple occasions like that when the film kind of it, it knew what it was doing too well yeah because they're like they're like uh we're gonna have another king kong on our hands and it's like uh don't you, you know don't you know what happened to, to new york when king kong broke loose well he didn't attack fay ray <laughs> So that's like they, they were so meta in it that they it kind of took away from it a little bit. But but yeah, you're right. The the scene where Digby was chained down and then he breaks free of the chains and kind of not goes crazy, but just basically is a dog and decides, I would call it mild dog antics. Yeah, mild mm -hmm. dog antics and rated PG for mild dog antics. <laughs> and uh and but it is very it is very much like a like a uh, king kong so so that was a very good moment there um anything else yes what is this movie <laughs> <laughs> what is this what just happened travis <laughs> help i i really do not like that the um that the psychiatrist's storyline of him believing that or him thinking that jeff believes he's a dog 
did not get resolved. <laughs> it, it didn't get resolved, and it also like I don't think it landed. It, it, it I, I pointed out like, oh, British people must not have the rule of three, right? Yeah, <laughs> because they, there's like five different incidents of like sort of kind of alluding to this. They call it the rule of quid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a made up British number. <laughs> You can Google that to the bank. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 that was another bit that that was wasn't crazy about. <laughs> Ali mentioned it earlier about the there's some there's probably some like you know bits of uh, behind the scenes animal work that was uh, probably not good. How oh. many mice did they have to paint blue for this? <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. How many mice did they paint blue? Like, okay, I get in the context of the movie. Yes, I, I experimenting on mice is important and it is for the greater good and we get a lot of benefits from experimenting on mice because we see how vaccines and things you know affect will affect humans because we see how it affects mice outside of the context of the movie and in the real world of knowing this is just a movie them painting a mouse blue just for that quick shot of having a blue mouse crawling on on jeff's shoulder I'm like, I don't know if I'm okay with Not this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That's not really. And also, you know, there's limits to using animals as models, but. Right. I mean, they totally painted several mice blue and like 47 mice died for this shot. <laughs> it's not a good time. Yeah. It's just a, just, just a trash can out in the back with just a big pile of blue mice. <laughs> just, oh. oh <laughs> so, some, like Toby's great, great grandfather or something just like found this and was like, oh, I have to quit the trash business. I'm getting into YouTube now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the. That's the way it goes. Uh, that, that's my kind of uh, my, my last note to end on. I, I think the movie, like I said, is is harmless, and I'm I look forward to forgetting about it in two hours. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> because it the half life is not longer than twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah, it's it really isn't. Um, so we can go ahead and get into our Godzuki scores. So for anybody who hasn't listened to this uh, this podcast before, we like to rate our movies out of five Godzukis, who is Godzilla's bumbling nephew from the 1970s Hanna-Barbera cartoon, Godzilla cartoon. Uh, and we like to use Godzuki as our yardstick for these movies because we embrace the sillier side of giant monster movies. So uh, and we always sing the theme song. Whenever we or, or the the little part to the theme song, uh, so out of five Godzukis, <laughs> how many Godzukis <laughs> would you guys give Digby the biggest dog in the world? Um, out of five uh, Godzilla, Godzilla, <laughs> and Godzukis. Yeah, out of five, uh, I would give. I'm familiar with that somehow. Uh, I. <laughs> I wanted to give it a very low score, and then Adam uh, showed me a picture of uh, a woman on the ground with a dog on her chest, just like in, on the sidewalk, and it says, can I pet your dog level 10,000? <laughs> and he was like, this is you. And he's right, so I cannot give this movie a low score. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a three out of five. A three out of five. I'm gonna, because zero for quality five for good boys <laughs> yeah it's got a it's got a plus five good boy uh score <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I there are definitely glowing moments of this film 
uh, that I enjoyed. Uh, but like, if I were to stack it up on like revisitability, <laughs> I, I I think this is the end of the days for me and Digby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I I was. <laughs> If I had, if I had young kids in the seventies, I would happily wish witness them this. Asia by Steely Dan. That's the song that I keep parodying. I I had that stuck in my head, and I needed to figure that out. Thank you, Digby. <laughs> so, uh, t- two out of five, Godzukis. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat with you guys. I think this movie it's it's definitely not my cup of tea uh british thing hey uh cheerio quit out of five godzukis <laughs> quit out of five um so no i i, I only gave it a half <laughs> i give i give it three chips out of a <laughs> Out of a out of a mashed <laughs> three chips out of a fish. Yeah, three chips out of a fish. Uh, no, I really two bangers out of five mash. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, bubble and squeak, bubble and squeak. Uh, we're just naming British. Light up the lift with this lorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I uh, no, I give it a three out of five Godzukis because uh, I I definitely think that this movie is of its time. Uh, it is very dated and it's not just in the special effects, but also in the type of humor it is uh, the, and, and it is very British, but I do think this is the type of movie like my mom and my grandparents would probably enjoy because mm. I feel like this mm. fits the same kind of uh, old school Disney movie, like the, like the sixties and seventies Disney movies, like the love bug, Herbie, uh, the absent minded professor cat from outer space, things like that, that yeah, you have to kind of like, like grade, you have to kind of like grade it on that curve of TV special. Right. And like looking at the IMDb, like, I think I flipped through some audience reviews and it's a lot of like, Oh, I remember watching this as a kid, like Christmas time mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I, I, I see that audience being there for this film. Yeah, yeah, and, and so I think if you if you like movies like the Herbie movies, like Herbie Goes Bananas, Herbie Rides Again, The Love Bug, things like that, I think that you are the type of person who would enjoy this movie. But if you're not, then it is definitely very dated, and it's something that's it's very forgettable. Like like Adam has been talking about, it's very forgettable too. So I still get I give it a three because I do think it is a fun silly romp and i did have fun watching it but at the same time it's just like not my cup of tea like i said (laughs) adam uh put adam put it really well when we were watching it uh i think the exact quote was i've never had my time wasted in a more delightful way (laughs) yeah and and i i guess that that is exactly right like i don't think anybody will regret watching this movie but I don't think you'll want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's a pretty good uh, summation. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so um, I don't know if you guys need to bow out here, but usually we have um, a little segment here at the end where we answer some mailbag questions from our listeners. Um, if you guys feel like sticking oh, sure. around. I've been sticking around. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. I'll stick around. Yeah. 
All right. Well, then we can get into the mailbag segment, and we have a little theme song that I'm going to edit in in post because I am lazy and I'm not going to play it here. What's in the mail today? If anybody is interested in sending us your questions or comments and wanting them read out on the podcast, you can do that uh, at kaijuweekly at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at kaijuweekly on Twitter, which is what Cameron did. Uh, Cameron tweeted at us a question at kaijuweekly. If the xenomorph infected Godzilla, would it live and burst out of his chest and be as large as the king? Or would it end up dying all because it couldn't handle the radiation? And I, I picked this one because we had a few mailbags I could pick from. I, I, I picked this one for you guys because you guys have done a couple of Xenomorph, uh, or, or at least your, a couple of episodes now in the Alien Prometheus universe. So how do you guys think this would play out? All right, well, um, I think that... So the Xenomorph works by uh by a process called dna reflex where it takes on aspects of its host and i believe that uh and this is a bit of a seatbelt everyone that's right i'm putting a finding monster right segment in a kaiju <laughs> segment um mutation is caused chiefly by radiation mm. and uh the xenomorph is a creature with a very plastic genome so I think the embryo would be able to uh, change and change very quickly, despite the fact that it is so radioactive because the DNA changes so much inherently, it's used to being broken down uh, and changed so much. So the radiation shouldn't cause too much of an issue. And, and if it, it does take on aspects of its host, that radiation might be part of that equation already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, you would get a xenomorph Godzilla. Absolutely. Yeah. And... Would it kill Godzilla though? Well, that I'm not sure about. My my question is, is can you get a face hugger that's big enough? I think you if I think uh it just goes on like the nose. <laughs> it just goes nose. on like one yeah. nostril. Just put one on the nose. <laughs> yeah. It raises a hand like in all, every one of the Monsterverse movies. <laughs> yeah, we have a we have a drinking game where whenever we're watching a Monsterverse movie, uh you have to drink when somebody touches the monster <laughs> dramatically. <laughs> oh man. I oh since Allie, since you are such a big fan of dogs, I've got to send you the meme that I made when Godzilla King of the Monsters came out, uh, because there's a scene in there where uh, Dr. Sarazawa touches Godzilla's nose. And I, I, I love I like to say that he booped a snoot. And so I made a meme of him of, of, him, <laughs> of him booping the snoot. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you guys on this question, though, uh, that the xenomorph like the xenomorph being in outer space seems to be able to survive radiation mm -hmm. already. And like you said, it's, it's, gen it's gene, it's, it's genetics, it's DNA can already adapt and change so much that it's like the radiation that wouldn't really do much to it. Uh, so yeah. Now would it be the size of Godzilla when it burst out of his chest or would it just kind of like pop out like a little pimple? <laughs> No, <laughs> just, just like a little pimple yeah, popping I, I, out, and then it'd be like a little mini, mini xenomorph Godzilla. <laughs> oh well, it might be small enough that Godzilla could survive the chest wound, but then grow very quickly to Godzilla's size, which would require it to immediately, like you know, 
take off to some nuclear plant and eat like a bunch of stuff and some people or something. And that's an action sequence. I mean, yeah. this is a good movie. Oh, yeah, yeah this yeah. is definitely a good movie. <laughs> yeah. I... Godzilla versus Kong versus Alien versus Predator v. Batman v. Superman. <laughs> versus Freddy versus Jason. Versus Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Versus Roe versus Wade. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to keep going. Versus Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> Uh, I think that's. I think that's it. Just have just I think we've gone to Supreme Court case. Just have a couple of a couple of humans going through a really messy divorce and uh, right in the middle of this giant monster <laughs> attacking the city. Um, when I was a kid, I thought that movie was about uh, Kramer from Seinfeld. Yeah, <laughs> like arguing with himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah so yeah this is definitely and when i think of when i think of xenomorph godzilla i think of uh there's a there's a comic book artist matt frank who did the um venomized godzilla uh it was like he Ooh. he showed what godzilla would look like if the venom symbiote covered him and i thought that was really cool so uh there's that artwork is out there i don't know where you can see i guess you can see it on matt frank's deviant art uh, he has a deviant art and and he, where he puts a lot of his art uh, and on his Twitter I think he has it on there. So, but that was always really cool. And so that's the first thing I think of when I think of of this whole scenario here. One thing I will point out about that is that one of Venom's weaknesses is loud noises. Right. Yeah. Oh no. And heat. And another one is fire. Yeah. <laughs> heat. Yeah. Both of which Godzilla kind of does a lot of is sound and heat. Yeah. So yeah. I think he, I think. I think we can take comfort in the fact that Godzilla is okay. Yeah. I mean, Godzilla's atomic breath dug all the way down to the center of the earth. So I think it oh would my probably, God, that was awesome. That is my favorite part of that movie. I'm like, uh, there's so many things in that movie. I, I think more, impre more impressive is Kong's like 15 minute ladder. Yes. Going yeah. up it. It's the climb. As Miley Cyrus it's, would it's say. The climb. Dive. Yes. <laughs> Hannah Montana for the win. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Thank you, Cameron, for sending us that question. And for anybody else who wants to send us in some questions to have read out on the podcast, you can do that again, kaijuweekly at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at kaijuweekly, and we will get that. Um, we also like to answer trivia questions or, or uh, ask trivia questions at the end of each podcast to hint to what our next episode is going to be. And so I'm going to ask the trivia question, uh, which is actually the same trivia question I asked a couple of weeks ago because we had to do some scheduling changes because of Godzilla versus Kong coming out. So uh, asking that question again, Michael Crichton co-wrote what film set in oklahoma and we've got already mm. got a few answers that people sent in that i will read out on our godzilla versus kong episode or not not on, our godzilla, on the episode when this one whatever anyway scheduling <laughs> time time is is just a big ball of wibbly wobbly mess <laughs> bip, bip. Bip, bip. Uh, cheerio yeah so i just want to say thank you guys uh Adam and Allie for joining me on this episode. It was so much fun to talk about Digby and so much fun talking about Clifford on your, on your podcast. Uh, do you guys want to give any plugs here at the end? Uh, our podcast, you can find on most uh, hosting sites, finding monster rights. 
Uh, we also have a, a fun Twitter page, uh, Monster Right Pod. Yeah. Email us uh, <laughs> at uh, monsterright at gmail.com. Yeah. So, uh, that, that, you know, but I'm sure you can find us if you want to hear more of this crazy antics. Just, uh, just, uh, call out on the wind and uh and we will we will appear behind you with uh with a uh, with a milkshake finding monster ride <laughs> finding monster ride i didn't like the part where dr jeff put a boy in a dog's mouth <laughs> oh man well thank you guys and i do encourage any listeners uh to this podcast who hasn't checked out finding monster right please go and do that you can check out their most recent episode which will be the clifford episode uh which has me on there as a guest yay um but definitely check out their other episodes that means so much travis that means so much coming from someone with more twitter followers than us thank you uh well and and the thing is i'm like we're not a huge podcast so it's like you know but but any little bit i can help i i really want to help you guys out because you guys deserve to have more followers more listeners so definitely if if you if you go check out their podcast definitely also go follow them on twitter because they deserve as as much support as they as they can get because you guys are a great podcast well thank you that's very kind so much there is one very very last thing okay and that is that we have a bet (laughs) oh yes yes i almost forgot about this yeah um, at this, this episode will be out after, uh, Kong versus Godzilla has been out for a bit, right? Yes. Okay. Well, I do have to concede that a significant turning point in the film does revolve around Kong going to church. So I kind of have to eat crow <laughs> on this one. There is a church in the hollow earth, big enough for Kong. Yes. And, uh, who knew? I think, well, in terms of achieving, who knew that, that like the Kong species was really good with architecture. I'm, I'm amazed. Like, frankly, like they're really um, good. They, they, and... They're really good with Gothic architecture. Or <laughs> yeah. Romanesque. A Romanesque. Very, yeah. Uh, very Spartan. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that means we got to do an ad for the terms of our, uh, for the terms of our bit, because while both Kong and Godzilla achieve their goals and end up the king of some realm at the end of the movie, in terms of combat, Godzilla does win both fights Yeah, pretty handily. Yep. Yep, he does. So, yeah, I think. I think we lost that one. <laughs> yeah, which is, uh, we are happy to do a plug for you guys, no problem. <laughs> so tune in to the so, Finding uh, Monster Right to hear the ad that they do for Kaiju Weekly. <laughs> Woohoo. Yeah. Uh, Coming shortly. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. I loved having you guys on here. And, and in a world, uh, what I was going to say was in a world where there's a, a million podcasts and a million monster related podcast you guys stand out because you guys take it in a very different direction than what most people do and I, that's what i really love about your podcast well thanks that's what we try to deliver yeah, yeah. very and unique for the record i am a big kaiju, i'm a big kaiju weekly fan as well because i really like uh your guys's whole dynamic that was some very philadelphia right there <laughs> your <you're> guys's <laughs> you're very knowledgeable when it comes to <laughs> far more than we are honestly about this topic yes 100 percent. well i mean that comes from like, just I, being in the giant monster sphere for as long as i have it's like oh yeah we kind of absorb the information <laughs> like like godzilla absorbing uh radiation 
yeah. and love. I want to say that <laughs> there's a lot of love for monsters on this, and uh, your love will make this podcast grow, just like Clifford. Just like Clifford. Oh, yeah, that was that's the big question I wanted to ask at the end of all this. So, so before we sign off, uh, Digby versus Clifford. Why are they fighting? Yeah. <laughs> Do they have to fight? <laughs> there can only be one Alpha Titan, Adam. There can only be one Alpha. <laughs> Uh, um, I think Clifford takes it because Clifford is powered by love and might be a Norse god and Digby is just a dog that ate something wrong and that's honestly most dogs. Most dogs. dogs. Yeah. 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 Okay, Clifford in this realm. I like yeah. uh, Digby Digby becomes king of the uh, becomes king of the hollow earth. He, he, he's also <laughs> animated too. Mm. So he, he has like kind of a who framed Roger Rabbit tool rules oh, going yeah. on. Oh, yeah. I don't think Digby has access to dip. <laughs> no, no. Well, so though, who go. knows what else is in that lab? So, oh, and uh, Emily Elizabeth might be the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> yes, <laughs> listen to our episode for more. Yeah, listen. Okay, to more. so yeah, I like Clifford to win. <laughs> All right, I just had to ask that question. So, uh, to sign off here, I'm just going to say thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly and at Kaiju Groupie Pod. That's me and Michael. Uh, all the links to our social media as well as for the kaiju groupie facebook group uh, which is a fantastic facebook group for giant monster fans uh, go check it out all of those links are listed in the description of this episode you can send questions comments or answers to trivia questions to our email kaijuweekly at gmail.com a big thank you to everyone who has supported the kaiju ramen magazine so far our second issue is coming out at the end of this month it's all Godzilla versus Kong themed. It is fantastic. We have so much in store and I have been working, me and Michael both have been working our butts off trying to get this uh, magazine put together. So we hope everyone will enjoy reading that. That will be available uh, to check out and you guys can find out more about that if you go to the website, kaijuramanmagazine.com. If you want to help support this podcast and get some nice bonus content, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash kaiju weekly pod i posted uh about a week ago i posted some uh updates on the magazine uh we have our bonus podcast that we do which is all about clickbait uh we talk about clickbait articles that are really dumb and silly and just have fun and michael slowly loses his will to live while reading them um but yeah it's a lot of fun so if anybody wants to check that out go check out our patreon page patreon.com slash kaiju weekly pod and uh yeah and the only other uh another way that you guys can support the podcast if you want to you can leave a five-star review we have been getting a string of one-star reviews we talked about it on an episode not going to get into it here because there's a whole backstory that's involved in that but uh if you really feel like this podcast uh gives you some some enjoyment some 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 good feels in your life then please go over on your uh, device and give us a five-star review and if you actually write a review on there we will read it out on the podcast very cool so, yeah and so to close out this episode i'm gonna say help control the giant dog population have your digbies spayed or neutered it's the first time that's actually made sense <laughs> 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 Uh, if you, I don't want to tip my toe into the drama with the reviews, but if you don't want to give Kaiju Weekly a five star review, go to Kaiju Weekly, give Finding Monster Right a five star review. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, spay neuter Digby's. <laughs>